Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. At about the same time that John Wycliffe and the Lollards were working to recover the gospel message in England, and Gerharda Grota was working to recover the gospel in the Netherlands, Jan Milich was engaged in a similar ministry in Moravia and Bohemia. Born in the Czech village of Kromerge, just outside of Prague, Milic was ordained into the priesthood sometime around 1350. Within a very few years, he gained renown as a powerful and influential preacher, reformer, and organizer. Living through the tumultuous days of the 14th century, Milic saw the wrenching cataclysms of the Great Schism, the Babylonian captivity of the church, the Hundred Years' War, the mercantilist revolution of the Hanseatic League, and the pandemic of the Black Death. The glories of early medievalism very nearly collapsed under the weight of apocalyptic devastation. Wars and rumors of wars, famines and plagues, natural disasters, and unnatural ambitions seemed to conspire together against all hope. But as bad as those days were for the rest of Europe, they were actually halcyon days for Bohemia. Charles IV was the first king of Bohemia to serve as the Holy Roman Emperor, a member of the House of Luxembourg on his father's side, and the Czech House of Primslid from his mother's side, he helped to turn the city of Prague into a cultural, commercial, and architectural showcase. He made the University of Prague one of the foremost institutions of learning anywhere in the world. And it was Charles who commissioned the iconic nave of the St. Vitus Cathedral, the magnificent Soboslav Palace, the soaring Prague's castle, and the picturesque Charles Bridge over the Vlatava River. It was Charles who engaged the great Peter Parler to design the steeply pitched roofs, the peak spires, and the vast rotundas that still define the city's skyline. Following his father's death in 1346 at the Battle of Crecy, Charles was crowned King of Bohemia. Later that same year, the prince electors chose him as the King of the Romans. In 1355, his royal prerogative expanded to include the crown of all the Italies and the scepter of the Holy Roman Empire. Then, with his coronation as the King of Burgundy in 1365, he gained virtual hegemony over the European continent. Establishing his capital at Prague, he lent the city unprecedented wealth, power, and influence. Beginning in 1358, Jan Milic served as registrar and chaplain of the imperial chancery of Charles, accompanying the emperor on several diplomatic missions across Europe. 
1362, he was appointed the canon of the Metropolitan Cathedral of St. Vitus, Wenceslas, and Adalbert. This arguably made him the single most influential pastor in the Western world, rivaling even the Pope, who had abandoned Rome and was a virtual captive to the French king at Avignon. Despite this unprecedented position of authority, in 1363, Milich resigned from all of his appointments and preferments. He determined to devote the rest of his life to a ministry of simple gospel preaching and discipleship. He gathered around him a small band of scholars, teaching them the great Christian classics in Latin and Greek. He preached in small chapels and tabernacles to the ordinary people of Prague, always in the vernacular Czech and German languages. He became quite conspicuous for his commitment to simple living, even apostolic poverty. He undertook a radical reform of the ill-famed and sordid Benatki Street in the city's old town quarter. There, he established schools, convents, and preaching chapels for the poor, Nazareth House for rehabilitated prostitutes, New Jerusalem for the education of the poor, and the Bethlehem Chapel for the proclamation of the gospel. Starting in 1369, he preached daily in the magnificent Tyne Church, towering over the old town square. Millich forthrightly condemned the corruptions of the medieval church. He called for scriptural reform. He advocated for vernacular worship and preaching, access to the Bible, and orthodox doctrinal substantiveness. His message matched that of the Valdensians and the Lollards, so much so that some historians wonder if perhaps the successors to Peter Waldo in Bohemia might have had a formative influence on him. Not surprisingly, his fulminations were met with indignant opposition by the ecclesiastical elite. On several occasions, he was summoned to Rome and to Avignon to answer charges of heresy. But of course, he also attracted a wide and popular following as well, inspiring a whole new generation of Czech pastors and scholars to follow in his footsteps. Among these young disciples were Jerome of Prague and Jan Hus. If Wycliffe and Hus are, as most church historians assert, the morning stars of the Reformation, then Jan Milich is most assuredly the dawning of the light. He provided a model of both resistance and reformation to all those who would follow after him. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and resources, go to georgegrant.net.